Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the Doctrines of Rad podcast. We are live on the YouTubes. Uh, come on in. And uh, if you're following us on TikTok and you want to join us live on YouTube and uh, get your comments heard and seen, you can do that as well um, by just following uh, following the link and should be in our bio. It's, I think it's in our bio. If not, just search for The Doctrines of Rad on YouTube. Also on Spotify and all those other places, too. Email us at doctrinesofrad at gmail.com if you ever have any questions and would like to uh, have us cover those on the podcast. So we are, um, this is, we, we try to have a guest again. It didn't kind of, it didn't work out. It's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that happens. We're not like, we're not big enough to like, it doesn't matter what we think you can come on our show or not. It doesn't really like nobody's going to be offended. Yeah. Uh, if you don't make it uh, out. So yeah, this time it was John MacArthur. He just couldn't make it this time. Yeah. Just... Well, he said there something came up with his California church. You know, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. R.C. Sproul was going to call in, but he he's dead, so he actually couldn't <laughs> do it. We uh, we tried to do. <laughs> he passed away a couple of years. Yeah, ago. we tried to do a seance to you know communicate. We did, him. we did, we tried a little seancing. <laughs> we tried <laughs> to not. evoke Ravi Zacharias, but then you know we were worried about who would be assaulted, and you know whatever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's dead. Too soon. Oh, my song, my music just started. That was weird. Yeah, too soon. Sorry about that. All right. Well, as just as unprofessional as we are, this is episode eight of the Doctrines of Rad. Andrew says he lives in you. What do you, what do you want him to say? Ravi Zacharias lives in you. That's weird, bro. I think that I think you need to see somebody for that. I hope he was referring to RC Sproul. He is like RC Sproul Jr. Even though oh, that's RC Sproul Jr. There is. There is. <laughs> do you think RC Sproul Jr. measures up to RC Sproul Senior? Well, I mean, we were talking about Abraham Piper, which broke my heart the other day. Yeah. You know, I wonder yeah. how, uh, I wonder how, you know, this is a great segue, Logan. You just talked about junior. What is our topic today? It's about fathers. Wow. It's about dads. Fatherhood. Happy Father's Day out happy there. Father's Andrew, Day. Happy Father's Day. Drew. Yeah, you too, man. Happy Father's Day. You too as well. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Uh, Logan actually texted me and uh, wished me happy Father's Day because I probably wouldn't have texted him because I'm a dirtbag person. So uh, I appreciate the fact that he texted me on Father's Day to wish me a happy, a happy day. And uh, it was good. And we, um, my son took me out to lunch. My oldest son did. We went to a place called Johnny's Tavern here in uh, mm. Blue Springs. It's kind of like a pub, kind of a bar food type place. Uh, had some soft pretzels and uh, I had a jambalaya, which was really, really good. Nice. Um, yeah. So uh, that was a great way to spend Father's Day. What about for you? What did you guys do? Uh, so my daughter woke me up and then and like just came to my bedside, woke me up and said, happy birthday. Look what we got you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was so sweet. So they bought me an igloo uh -huh. with, and inside it was two t-shirts and a card of which she scribbled all over. Um, and that uh -huh. is art. And it I will be it, cherished dude. forever. Dude, forever. Yeah. For real. Mm -hmm. I, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. She got. She said, "Here's your uh, your cooler, so you're not so hot. It has been so hot climbing roofs Bro, these past few days. I bet, man. Like, Are you doing yeah. okay? Yeah, like I yeah. So I you know I keep I keep my truck running now um, when I get on roofs, and it's just uh, that way the air conditioning's on. But it, oh yeah, it, it it it's hot on the ground. But once I get it's. Have you ever like stood next to a car and like felt the heat coming from oh, the yeah. engine? Oh yeah, that's how it feels as soon as you get on that roof. It mm. it's. It's just, it's just heat hitting you in every direction. 
Yeah. yeah. Jeez. But it, it was a it was a good Father's Day. Uh, we just That's we good. just spent time together as a family. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, truly good. truly blessed. Man, I hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, being a dad is is absolutely. Uh, my brother actually, my brother's three years younger than me. Uh, mm. I'll actually, I'm going to be 42 tomorrow. Tomorrow is my birthday. I'll be 42 nice. years old. Uh, my brother is. He just turned 39, so he's not quite 40 yet. Um, but he he and his wife just had uh, a baby, and uh, my my nephew Milo was born not too long ago. So this is uh, the first Father's Day that he's able to um, celebrate as a dad, of course, uh, and uh, very excited for him as well. Uh, I told him, I said, what's up, Encouragement belief, uh, Briefs? Glad to, uh, glad to have you here. Yes, I'll just speak broken English from now on on the podcast. Glad to have you here, Encouragement. Jeez, <laughs> uh, Louise, today. Um, so uh, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a real good dad. I don't know. Ooh. Did you grow up with a good dad? He was the, my dad was the best dad he could possibly be. Um, based on the circumstances he was mm. given, right? Every, now I'm not giving him excuses. There were things that I've told him to his face that he should have done better and he should have protected better, mm. protected us from himself. Um, but, uh, you know, he did his best. So my dad got out of prison, but 20, 2021. Yeah. Wow. So he, but he, I mean, he was, he wasn't there that long. COVID actually, I think helped him get out sooner. You were like, mm -hmm. Hey, they, we need, we need to protect these prisoners. Like we got to spread people out. Um, Jeez. So, that, so if that kind of gives you an idea, my dad's just always been an angry, an angry guy. Um, so how much of your life was he, was he around? Very much. My my entire life, yeah. Uh, oh, he yeah. actually he he split when I was a senior, uh the summer going into my senior year. Gotcha. Um, and him and and it was actually a good thing. I actually wish my parents would have separated a lot sooner. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it was. Wow. It was completely toxic and destructive. Jeez. For, for for both of them, and finally it blew up one day, and it was it just wasn't healthy. Wow. Well, uh, I, I am, uh, I, I guess it's nice to, it's comforting to know that, uh, I also had an imperfect childhood. Um, but things, uh, you know, things are, they're as good as they, as they could be. Um, I love my dad very much. I really do. Uh, he left a lot of, a lot of, uh, holes in me mm. that, uh, that I, I spent many years of my life trying to fill with, uh, drugs, alcohol, um, work, you know, uh, yeah. always trying to measure up, you know, always trying to be, you know, like wanting him to be proud. I had a lot of issues with superiors in my command, specifically my CO. I used to work direct as a cop on, on the ship, you work directly for your CO and the XO. So I had, even as a E6 had a really great relationship with my commanding officer. Um, but because of my, the, what, what I was lacking in, in, from my father, uh, I had a very hard time relating to authority and, uh, I always had a very, uh, what's, I don't know what the, maybe the right word for it, but I always had a major hesitation. I was very afraid of, of male authority, uh, and intimidated by it. And I don't mm. know that it's, I don't know why that necessarily was other than just uh, a lack of a, a positive male authority in my life, uh, made it very hard for me to stand up to other male authority. So, yeah. Um, 
Logan often looks like he's witnessing a baby being born. Well, he's Logan is in awe. <laughs> Logan is in awe of, of all of God's things, man. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. It's just, it's, I hate the internet so much. <laughs> I know, you. right? I never realized how much I hated myself until the internet told me how much I hated myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That, dude, that comment about my forehead, I, I should, I'd screenshot it and send it to my wife. She's like, oh, not your caveman forehead. Dude, you don't have a caveman forehead. Yeah, I do. No, I do. No. That's why I'm wearing a hat this time. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm, I've been bald <laughs> since I was 27. You know, if anybody <laughs> should have a complex about what's on their head or lacking on their head, I'm hey, that You pull nut. it off though. You pull it off though. My wife and I were actually I, just talking about it. What's up, Knox? What's up, brother? Good to see you, I, dude. I, I do want to make it clear. I love my father. I know I kind of put a little bit of his our dirty laundry out there. Sure, but, uh, sure. He is he is turning his life around uh, That's one awesome. day at a time. Um, he's not a believer. Uh, mm. He uh, he. So he his father died when he was seventeen. He was murdered. My grandfather was murdered on the side wow. of the road. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, so my dad tells a story that when he was like 11, my grandfather told him uh, that on his 17th birthday, he was going to die. And sure enough, it happened. That didn't quite happen exactly like that. That was several days later um, or earlier, one or the other. Wow. Um, how, how, how accurate all that is, I don't know. But uh, sure enough, he did. Uh, actually pass away and my my grandfather wasn't really in my dad's life um so he yeah. he was a, i mean he was a he was tough uh he was a he was a good dad all around except his anger and selfishness mm. um and that that ended up causing a lot of scars for my brother and my my younger sister but you don't feel do you feel like it caused any for you or do you feel like you kind of were saved from that because of them uh, I was saved from that because of Christ. Um, ah, fair enough. Great, right. Great so answer. like I'm, yeah, well, yeah. so seriously, I don't take any responsibility for this. Sure, um, yeah. Nothing in me. Um, and no, no offense to my family. I hope they're okay with this because it's a, it's a part of my testimony, but they're, uh, I'm the only one in my family that's never done drugs. Mm. Right. Um, um, I've never been to jail. I'm the only one that's never been to jail. Um, you know, I've, I'm the only one with a college degree and it's not because I'm better than them. It's because somehow God sheltered me from yeah. the, the environment that was fostering a type of, of behavior that, um, somehow I just didn't, I didn't follow the status quo, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that I deal with and I think, uh, I probably should go talk to a VA uh, psychologist and kind of work some stuff out. Cause yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it, there's certain behaviors that I'll repeat um, in my own marriage and, mm. and, and as a parent that uh, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with certain things. So like I'll yeah. yell, I don't, I don't like yelling. I don't like it either. I do it too. I, I hate it. I hate the way that I talk to my kids sometimes. I hate the way that I, I, I don't have patience. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have long suffering. I'm not slow to anger with them. Um, it really is. Uh, it's unfortunate. But however, however, I know that 
it, it's not good to beat myself up about it all the time. It's, it's what's good is to repent of those things. Uh, what's good is to, to continue to be sanctified, continue to uh, allow the Lord to show me my errors and where I can apologize. And, and what I think one of the best things that I know to do as a parent is when I make my kids cry and it's something that I know that I could have not done, you know, like I've made them cry. And I've said something or had an attitude or something towards them. I have to apologize. I have mm. to, as I, it doesn't matter that I'm the dad. It doesn't matter that I'm a man and I'm an adult. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of parents unfortunately feel this way. Well, I'm the adult. I don't have to apologize to you. I don't have to tell you anything, but I believe very strongly for young dads out there listening, uh, anybody out there, Never waste an opportunity to apologize. I am a father of four Amen. kids and my oldest is 20, uh, almost 20. Well, just turned 19, not too long ago, but, um, and he's married and, uh, you know, there are a lot of things, uh, I hope that I have taught him as a husband, uh, and, and that he's able to love his wife and adore her. Um, but man, I pray for him and her every day, uh, but don't nice. ever waste an opportunity to apologize. And that that's in, that includes your spouse too, uh, not just your kids. Uh, and you don't have to feel it in order to apologize. And that's something that I really, as a young guy, I was like, well, why would I apologize if I didn't feel like I felt, did anything wrong? Mm. But I realized a lot There's more. There's that arrogance, than, right? Well, it is. It's I mean, it's trying to be logical, right? It's trying to be worldly, ultimately, I think. But it is an arrogant position, you know, uh, especially because, uh, we can't love, we, we only can love because God loved us first and we are the high priests of our home. We are to exemplify Christ in our home. Okay. So we That's have right. to be the very first line of going in for forgiveness, admitting our faults, having humility. You know, it is so crucial for what's up, Brandon, for parents to, for fathers specifically, fathers specifically to, uh, show what being Christ-like is to your children. Um, Absolutely. I didn't have that. You didn't have that. So what are we doing now to do that, Logan? Uh, so one, let's take a look at what it means to be a father um, biblically. Uh, why Why is it so, why is there such a uh, severity um, to fatherhood, right? And we see yeah. that from when there is a lack of a proper godly male role model um, in the home, we see a severe um, consequence, right? We see uh, significant issues occur, right? Whether within the psyche of the child or the family uh, or, um, you know, bad decisions, bad behaviors that occur, um, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child kind of thing, right? Like mm. this this overarching governing that God has bestowed upon uh, the the father, in uh, his role and how he's supposed to lead his family. Um, so I do want to pull up some, and there the, the statistics are a little old. Um, so a quick story about my first sermon. <clears throat> I was, I was uh, teaching. I was, I was in the army. And uh, one of the things at Fort Benning was, was we had to partner. Each battalion had to partner with a, uh, a school in our area at nice. off post and off post and on post. Um, and we got partnered with a school on the south side of town in Columbus, um, Eddie Middle School, right, which is a pretty rundown school. Um, mm. It's in a poorer neighborhood, um, predominantly African-American uh, 
Asian and Mexican, um, very mm. few uh, white people in the school. And if so, it was uh, uh, very impoverished uh, all around. Right. Yeah. Um, but great kids. Right. And one of their big one of their biggest struggles the teachers had is keeping kids in school, not because they the kids were skipping or not interested, but because their parents had to keep moving. Right. They would get evicted. They moved to another side of town. They'd go to a school there. They'd get yeah. evicted, move back to this side of town, go to school here. And they would just keep uh, they, they had a very nomadic education. Mm. Um, so uh, while teaching there, we started a program called Best Men, where I took just boys and we took them into a classroom. And it was their worst kids in the school with the worst grades and the worst trouble. Gotcha. And we just leveled with them and just talk to them every Tuesday and Thursday for about an hour. Uh, so they would have lunch with us. We'd sit there and talk, and it was just a, um, a, an opportunity for us to get to know them and them to get to know us. And that inspired uh, the, I guess, assistant. I, I Honestly, I don't even know what Mr. Green's role was because he, he wore so many hats, but he was a pa he's a pastor um, at First African Baptist Church. And he knew that I had a call to preach and I, I started preaching. And my first sermon was at First African Baptist Church. Nice. And it was Father's Day. I came, I was a guest speaker for Father's Day. And I, oh, wow. I preached a sermon on fatherhood. And the lessons I learned from these kids during Best Men, um, it, it kind of inspired like the overall uh, um purpose of this sermon. Uh, but okay. here's some here's some of the notes and uh, um, statistics. So this is from the National Fatherhood Initiative. Households that have no father or parental figure have four times greater risk of growing up in poverty, seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen, more likely to have a behavioral problem, more likely to face abuse and neglect, more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, more likely to go to prison, more likely to commit a crime, two times more likely to drop out of high school. Now, this does not exclude uh, the child's personal responsibility, right? Their actions, they, they do not get a free pass because it's, you know, that they're, they're still responsible for their actions, but they're still children, right? right? Now, you can also grow up in a household with an abusive father or an, a father who's ne who neglects his duties and his roles, right? Um, and like my father was there, but there was certain things that caused severe um, uh, issues, right? Yeah, like longer lasting uh, issues. They're they, like bruises for life. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So my dad was a drug mule. Like he would, wow. uh, somebody would bring drugs across the Texas-Mexico uh, border and he would bring it up from there um and then transport it into somebody else's hands right wow um, Jeez. and you know like there was times where, where him and my mother were both uh you know using and he would just be outside ripping his motorcycle apart and putting it putting it back together and taking it apart and like just that that's what meth will do to you right you get wow. very hyper focused on things um uh, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to the Lord that they are both clean now, um, Amen. but those scars and certain yeah. behaviors are still there. Right. So it's a, 
your sins have consequences <laughs> and, yeah. and, they, and a lot of times they're, uh, they're scars that will be there for a lifetime. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, why don't people realize that, uh, those sins having consequences include the hurt that you can do to your own family. You know, like there is a reason that God says to not do certain things. There's a reason that there is a perfect way to do it and and a a way not to. Yeah. Breaking generational curses or sins, right, Um, is really just changing the behavior, right? Not following uh, in your in your uh, in the legacy that your fathers have presented to you. So like my grandfather was a drunk. He he loved uh, the bottle. Right. And um that caused my father to, you know, turn out the way he did. Right. And he's yeah. still every bit responsible. I'm not taking away uh, the personal responsibility of my of father. Right. But it, it does have, it does cause issues. Right. Um, but you're taught, I, I mean, it's all indoctrination. Everything as a parent that you are doing is indoctrinating your kid. You're telling them how to live. And mm. the best, the best way that you're doing that is by the example that you set and the actions that you take in front of your children. So just like your grandfather drank and your dad probably drank and it led to drugs, just like my dad drank and his dad before him drank. And I drank until almost three years. Actually, tomorrow will be three years exactly that Amen. I've been sober because I quit drinking Amen. on my quit drinking on my birthday three years ago because I knew that I knew it had a, a hold on me and it wasn't godly and it was leading me down a very dark path. But that was also, it was genetically there, you know, there's, I mean, the sin is there anyway, you know, the dependence is there, there's a weakness there and, and the flesh, uh, the flesh is always hungry. It's always hungry, guys. <laughs> always will, hungry. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, if, you know, and it's so easy to feed the flesh. The world that we live in today makes it very easy to feed the flesh and we have to deny it. We have to stand up. Thank you, Encouragement Briefs. I appreciate that. Thank you so yeah. much. So, so nature and nurture, right? They, they, yeah. they, they, they do play a role. We're talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs last podcast. Yeah. Um, and I, so like for specifically, I have to, I have to really, Logan has to really guard his heart of, mm. from a lot of things that have to do with pornography and nudity mm. and women in general. Right. Cause at a, at a very young age, I was, I was taught like, you know, my, my dad one time told me, he's like, Hey, make sure you get yours. Cause she's going to get hers. Screw her. You know, forget, yep, I remember you saying forget that. about her feelings. Right. Um, just worry about you because women are, you know, and then some, some words. Yeah. Um, and so there was, you know, magazines readily available as a kid. Um, yeah. I was wow. given access to watch whatever I, I, you know, wanted now. I mean, obviously they shunned it in a, in a public sense, but like, right. It, it but it was there. acceptable to be done in private. It just wasn't something right. you talked about publicly. Sure. Right. Wow. Um, and that, that I mean, I'm every bit responsible for get, letting my eyes gaze upon something that I knew. Uh, and my parents told me it was wrong, yet it was just like, it was just taboo. It wasn't right. wrong moral sense. It was, a, it's not, it's, it's, you're not an adult and it's an adult thing, right? Like the idea yeah. is... Well, that's an adult thing. You're not an adult yet, so you can't understand it. And that's how I was raised, too, with uh, around pornography. Now, my dad wasn't in the picture, but I had an uncle. I remember this. I remember the the, the very – dude, <laughs> isn't it amazing how things – some certain things stick with you? Like, I can remember 
we were at a flea market in Xenia, Ohio. We used to go like every weekend, we'd go to a flea market, uh, buy all kinds of fun stuff, whatever's like a garage sale, you know. And uh, I was with my uncle and my mom and my aunt, and we were walking by a box of old Playboys, right? Just selling it at the flea market, um, walking by a box of old Playboys. I'm with my uncle. And I kind of like make a comment, you know, and I was, gosh, I must've been, I might've been around 14, let's say 13, 14 years old. Okay. And, um, we walked by this box and I remember making a comment like, Oh, look at those playboys. And my uncle kind of like being the cool dad. Cause that was kind of like how you were a cool dad. You know, mm. he like, he kind of like winked at me and he was like, Hey kid, go grab you one. You know what I mean? Like that kind of weird, like. <laughs> It's like a in a movie, right? Like, oh, have a have a sip, young yeah. adult, you know? And uh, <laughs> so um, I I remember I went and I grabbed, you know, it was an older magazine or whatever, and I looked at it. Um, I also remember one time that my mom, my own mother, I was looking through some of my uncle's stuff, and he had some magazines, and uh, she kind of put them to the side, and I just stood there and looked at them. And I, like, thinking back now, I'm like, how in the world was that okay? Like, what? how was that even allowed? Like, But for me, back then, it was just kind of like, well, this is part of growing up. All of the movies that were, like, uh, geared towards teenagers, for me, mm-hmm. it was all about having sex. It was all about your first time losing your virginity, you know, hooking up. It was the whole – I grew up with the culture, and I, I think it's kind of like that today, although, you know, I'm with my kids being homeschooled, we don't see as much of it. But we grew up in a very – uh, sexual hookup culture. Yeah. You know? So uh, fa- what fast times at Richmond high, um, yeah. you, you got, uh, American pie, um, American pie was it, dude. That was it for, there was Porky's was the generation right before Porky's. Porky's yeah. yeah. And like, uh, revenge of the nerds. There was always like sexuality and that stuff, but American pie, yeah. that was my generation. I was the same age as those guys in that movie. Uh, coming up and it was just absolutely cruel intentions was another one with sarah michelle geller mm. uh blair mm-hmm. uh, ryan felipe um it was another very sexual movie that was geared towards so you know for us it was all very just very sexual um right yeah anyway i'm noticing i have a little notification saying i have unstable wi-fi uh which is strange yeah, i don't know if you, you guys your screen is it having is it having issues for you guys too? You uh you did go blurry. Interesting. Well, I am plugged. I'm plugged directly in, so I don't know how I have unstable because I don't even I'm, I'm even on Wi-Fi. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, if you can still hear me, then we can keep going. Am I still blurry, or you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear. I can hear you. Yeah, you're still okay. you're still linked up audibly. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'll just keep, keep going there. I'm sorry about that, guys. So our role is fathers, right? Um, for one, we need to recognize the gift of what it is that God has um, hopefully given you a suitable helper, right? A a mate, a a, a person that you love, and you've absolutely waited for marriage. Um, um, me and my wife did not, um, and that actually mm. caused a lot of uh, of issues in our marriage. But um, that uh, that that person and you coming together, right, and in love have 
produced an offspring of right um and that is a gift the gift of life and god is using you to bring this person into existence at conception and then you are now charged to raise that child (laughs) and you are now now you are charged to raise that child and yes you you're you're charged to raise him or her to to be biblically kingdom minded right um yeah and it's your you you have you have responsibility put upon you to do so if they fail to recognize that it's your fault right if uh yeah. If they if if they're not praying every day, if they're not doing specific things as children, it's because you as a father have failed them. And I take that mm. very seriously. Now Absolutely. the kid is autonomous, right? The the children are autonomous and they get to make decisions and they, they might rebel against this, but you that's where you set a positive example, right? Where you let them freely make the choice on their own, but yet every bit nudging them in the right direction, right? While still upholding a a biblical world worldview of of god and christ um it's it's a task that you cannot fail and you and you should and you should wake up every day at least i do trying to maintain or have that at the forefront of my mind that i need to protect her from the world and you know guide her and to teach her to love jesus as much as possible Right before yeah. the world begins to confuse and distort her, her little heart. That's right. So, what are you know? What are some of the ways that you can find as practically that are important to you? Like, if you could give advice to a new dad, uh, what mm. are some of the things? Give me like three three big things that you, as a dad, have learned so far um, that you should do with your kids. That I should do with them. Well, yeah, like as an example, as a leader, as you know, as an example for the Lord, uh, being that God has chosen you to be their their parent and they, them to be your kid. Uh, what is the advice? Give me three good pieces. Yeah, of advice. So, so if you're a new father, um, and let's you know, say they're toddlers. Actually, let's say they're infants. Right, you 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 have just become a father. I would say pray and pray often and pray with your wife and create habits of prayer um, where that it just becomes a part of your, like my daughter's in the background screaming because she wants chocolate from what I can tell. Um, (laughs) I can't hear it. That's good. (laughs) Good. Um, uh, Second is I I would say, get a mentor, uh, an older father to Mm. kind of guide you like a, and hopefully it's your, it's your dad, right? The child's grandfather to guide you or your grandfather. That's, that's always a good one. They're always wise. And, they're willing to say whatever because they they don't they just don't care anymore. They'll tell you like it is. That's um, right. Uh, having a mentor that's going to help you recognize that hey, dude, you're going to screw things up and you're going to suck and you, you know, your child might roll off the bed once. <laughs> like, oh yeah, at, I dropped my kid. Dude. At, I've done a lot of bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. She might roll off the bed at six months and you might freak out, but she's they'll bounce back, right? Um, if your babies are true. bounceable, that's true. <laughs> Um, but I I say as they get older though, those, those behaviors, right. Um, reading scripture with your child, right. Um, maybe you don't need Mm. to go into the depths of theology, but just the behavior of them seeing you read scripture, 
right yeah. daily and praying uh, as often as possible with them and in private. Um, while preparing for this podcast, I listened to an amazing, uh, it wasn't even a sermon. It was just a uh, Bodhi Bauckham giving. I a, love him. Uh, dude, he, he's, he's at the, he's just my favorite pastor right now. Um, I wish I went to his church. Uh, got to move to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a Dean there. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it wasn't even a sermon. It was just like him teaching on fatherhood. Um, and I got done cut. Like I have like little muffler, like, like a headset. And then I put my, my ear pods in underneath yeah. it so I can actually hear while right. I cut the lawn. And when I got done cutting the grass, I just had to like lay down and like lay down in my yard and just pray as Vody's oh, wow. praying in the video. And I, I look up to my daughter tapping me and she's saying, are you okay? Like, cause I'm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's strange for her. Like daddy's yeah, you're laying, just laying in the, the grass. Oh, yeah. I'm just on weird. my knees praying. Yeah. Um, but it was just so overwhelming. Everything I took in from that on um, just the severity of what God has called me to do when he gave me that mm. child and the severity of the consequences when I fail as at that role. Um, I, I hope, I hope all of you in here um, take it seriously. It's not something that we can, we can bail out. Now you as a human being are fallible and you, you're going to screw up, but that's, where you rely more on the Lord to be your strength and guide you as you guide them. You right. need to do it on your own. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, for me, just love Jesus openly in front of them, uh, worship the Lord, give him glory and honor in all things, uh, set the standard by uh, openly worshiping Jesus and, uh, like I said, forgiveness is very, very important. Be the first to, you know, mm. be, be willing to go ask for forgiveness, to admit your faults, be humble in front of your kids. Uh, I don't know why parents have the desire, like the desire to be like perfect and to act like, well, we don't make mistakes. You know, I, I think maybe some parents think, well, if I show weakness to them, they're not going to want to follow you. But mm. I, I, I'll tell you, I think it's I really actually believe it's the opposite. If you show humility to your kids they will passionately follow you because they they know their own flaws. And as they get o- older, they'll continue to see their own flaws. But they will remember that you were willing to point out your flaws and, and you were willing to admit your shortcomings. Uh, and and especially when it comes to making mistakes and apologizing. Um, Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. We're at two different stages in our fatherhood, aren't we? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm, well, I'm kind, just kind of, I mean, I'm. Well, I'm not just starting, but I do have a little one that's about your your daughter. Your daughter is what three or four? She just turned three. Just turned three. Okay, so my my youngest is six, uh, yeah. which to me may as well be three years old. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's not. There's not a lot of difference between like newborn till they're about like eight. Then gotcha. then you'll start to see like <laughs> more personality. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, mine needs to get a job. Like she's getting right now. Like yeah, right. she needs to start working. I don't yeah. know what child labor laws are, but like just get her to start her own YouTube channel, dude. There's lots of my daughter will probably watch it. You know, just get her to start playing <laughs> with toys on YouTube, and she'll start bringing in money, and you're good to go. You're set for life. Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah, isn't that, it is. that and that and the people are making a ton doing that. Yeah. That was a good, yeah. that was good advice. Pastor Slater, by the way, Admit, it was know. very much. And Pastor actually Slater. what I really liked what Josh said is love your wife well in front of them. And I, I yes. can't, I can't emphasize this enough, man. You're whether you have a boy or a girl, when a father 
cares for, nurtures. Uh, when a husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church, gentlemen, listen, cares for and nurtures, mm. sacrifices his own life, puts lays his life down for the life of his wife and honors her in the home, doesn't disrespect her, doesn't speak negatively of her in public at all. I mean, you shouldn't be anyway, but doesn't speak negative like those things, your daughters will grow to know that that's what they want in a husband. So they won't fall. They won't settle for less. And your sons will see that that is the way in which they must love their wives. So it is very, very important to love your wife. Yes. So like I, my wife convicted me one time. I did yell at my daughter and she like snapped at me and put her finger in my face. And she's like, you will not do that. Mm. And I like I, I stopped dead in my tracks and she's like, you need to be an example of how her husband is supposed to treat her and you need to treat her that way. Right. I, I'm supposed to be the beginning of, you know, what, how a man should treat a woman. That's right. And I need to cherish that and honor that and protect her from those that will try to harm her. Right. And she, when she sees how daddy treated me, she'll know how, like, that's the kind of man I need in my life. That's right. Because that's the kind of man I want raising my kids. Because and how that man I love... says that you have value. And anybody else that doesn't say that you have value is not worth your time. Mm, amen. And how I love my wife in front of her, right, will show that that's how I'm supposed to be loved in the future. And yes. for if I have a son, I, I do believe in treating my children based on their genders differently like yes for sure my daughter's my little princess and i i treat her like like that and my if i have a son uh you know i'm going to treat him differently in a way that like Absolutely. hey you need to take on this role yep. that you're going to be in the future you are going to be the protector the guider the provider the spiritual leader and there is a severity that comes with that that you need to you have to step up to you will not walk out on a woman you get her pregnant right. you're going to you, that's how I was, dude. I, I, I had a girlfriend before I actually, right as I actually, it, it might've been right before I became a Christian, but it was right around the same time. It was a girl I was dating. I was young in the Navy. Uh, she told me that she was pregnant. And the first thing I did was, all right, let's get married. I mean, I, and that was ingrained in me even, even before knowing the Lord, knowing what I thought would have been the right thing like that. I just knew that that was my responsibility. Mm. Yeah. And so I must have been taught something right, you know, probably by television. Honestly, I know Full House and all those guys kind of were my dad since I didn't have one. Uncle Jesse and Danny Tanner and yeah. Uncle Joey. Those were my dad growing up. But uh, but they they led by good examples, at least in the show. They're kind of pieces of garbage in real life. We could talk about that for a different podcast. <laughs> Bob Saget cusses like a sailor. Danny t- bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, look, I mean, first of all, he's oh, dead. Oh. So, you know, I hate, a- I, I hate speaking negatively about the dead, but uh, I will say that, uh, that some of the things he's been accused of uh, while on that show uh, would have made me hesitate back then uh, to like him. I think he's kind yeah. of a nasty dude. You were Navy. Yeah. They're great respect. Yeah, I did 20 years, brother. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, you know, one of my biggest struggles as a dad <laughs> – has been because of the example that I, the lack of an example that I had for a father growing up has made it very difficult for me to know I'm a very self-conscious and I feel very, I'm very insecure sometimes with how I'm being a dad. What am I doing that's screwing up my kids? 
You know, like, am I doing something that's messing them up? Am I uh, saying the wrong thing? Am I, you know, am I just, is it one misstep? I'm going to make a mistake and and mess them up for life. Uh, And, uh, you know, I realize that obviously that's not like God doesn't work that way. God doesn't like take one, one mistake that we make that when we're in him and throw us to the side and say, you know, he's done with us. Uh, so I've, the Lord has taught me a lot of grace in making my own mistakes with the kids, but, um, it has been very difficult not having a good godly example as a, as a kid growing up, uh, in a dad, uh, it's made it very hard. I question a lot about what I do, uh, with my kids today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the severity of, you know, of this of abandoning one's role as a father have a lifelong altering effect. Um, and we, we tend to do those similar things in our own, um, just habitually. And it takes time to correct it. Um, and I think God ultimately is what guides us and prevents us from creating the same mistakes and having that yeah. generational uh, damage done over and over and over again. I do think the world is getting better and better and better a little bit. Out of yeah. time. There's more Christians now than there ever was before. Right. So are, are we post mill then? <laughs> cause like, I'm kind of struggling with that. Like, cause I, there's like this part of me that like, as an ah mill, I'm like, well, the world is just getting worse and you know, but we're in the millennial reign, but it's going to get worse before Jesus comes back. But there's something about that post mill dude. There's something about it that's just like, ah, maybe it is getting better. Maybe things yeah. are just getting better and they're just going to keep getting better until Jesus comes back to a, a mostly Christian world. Yeah. With the, derailing the topic, I do think. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, because I, I, I need to spend more time in eschatology to really sure. narrow down, I believe. Um, but because I, I see truths in, in a lot of all of it, right? Um, Josh said, I want to start a podcast. You have one. It's called your church. You're a pastor. Stop yeah, bro. It. Wait a second. Neither of <laughs> leave, us have churches. Leave this, okay. Leave this for the unordained. <laughs> yeah. We need a podcast because we're not ordained. You're ordained. You have, you have a podcast. Yeah, you have an you have audience a platform. Every, day. <laughs> every Sunday you got your podcast. I bet you film it. It's on Facebook, isn't it? I know, we can right? watch you live. We um, do this because we're just living in sin. <laughs> We're living out of order. That's right. you no got, one's going to tell got, us what to do. The, the 11 people watching, you are our church. This is it. This yeah, is true. You guys, that, that's it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> sin, go and sin no more, guys. That is, that is for all of you. Now, I, do, <laughs> I, I think as the world recognizes uh, we do something severely wrong, we correct ourselves, right? We, we, we see genocide with, you know, World War II. We can feel like, hey, every, the world knows that's not right, right? And we see secular states rise up and they do things and then correct it, right? The, the United States Navy literally polices the world. Um, yeah, it does. Quite Absolutely. literally. Um, and that's in order to prevent, you know, one, protect our own borders, but to protect other nations as well. Um, I even with the leftist ideology that's occurring, right? It, it had its it had its spark of fame and uh, where it was a fad and people are slowly starting to come to realize that this doesn't make so. sense and it and it's self-destructive and it's destroying so. children and it's confusing and we're indoctrinating kids to cut off parts of their bodies and 
their kids. They don't know any better. And it, people are just waking up to the idea that this doesn't work. Right. Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, it has to change. And the people, I think ultimately the people that truly just want it, they're either going to have to suppress those things again. Like, cause you could be a sicko back in the day and not be public about it. And you could just live your sicko lives and do whatever in the dark and shady corners of the cities. But now with social media, a lot of sickos have platforms. So yeah. we're in this place where all of the sickness is being exposed and it's being appreciated and celebrated. And people are saying, no, this is normal. Like, who, how, how dare you think that there's something wrong with this debauchery? How dare you think that there's something wrong having a pride parade with whips and dongs out and, you know, everything else and butts and whatever? It's gross, dude. It's gross. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants that anymore. You know, so yeah. it's like the, the sickness, it's either, like the the. The darkness, I was just reading in scripture today in John, in uh, the book of John, the gospel of John, the darkness cannot live in the light. All right. The problem is that there is not enough light out there because we have succumbed to popularity and fame and mega churches and prosperity. And there's no yeah. light of the truth that's out there. And so the darkness reigns. But the more light and the more truth that we bring to the issue, when we stand on the truth of God, that the darkness cannot, it will flee. It will flee the light, but we have to bring the light. I think that's where this revival that is getting ready to happen in the world is, is going to come from. Because yeah. more people are saying, no, dude, I'm, I am sick to death of this nonsense. And I'm standing up for it, and I'm not having it, and I'm not going to bow down to whatever the corporations or the culture says. I'm going to serve Jesus Christ, and I'm going to bring the light in the truth. We are cities on a hill, guys. We are the light of the world. We must, we must, we must, or don't complain. Don't complain about anything. If you're not doing it, if you're not speaking truth, just shut up. You know what I mean? Hey, Johnny, I saw the text messages come in. Um, you guys are in my, in my prayers, brother. I've been thinking about you this entire time. I mean, I didn't get to exhaustively read them, but I, I did read them. Thanks for saying <laughs> Josh, I believe this. I agree with you, man. He Josh says, I hate the people. I hate that people think that the destruction of America is going to be the end of the world. No, guys, listen, the things that are happening in this country, in America, are evil and demoralizing. It is not OK. This system is flawed and broken. It is flawed and broken. And guess what? Jesus wants us to worship him no matter who the president is and no matter what the social or governmental structures are. Period. We will worship. If we become communist, we will worship him in communism. If we become socialist, we will worship him in socialism. It doesn't matter because the church will never, it will always, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. Man. And it's time that the church stands up now, now Man. before it's too, and it'll never be too late. God's already got it. Right. But this, let this Man. be a call. Don't let it be like, oh, before it's too late. No, just be, be motivated. Go That's do something. Right. Go stand for truth. Come on now, preach, preacher. Come on now. Bro, I'm telling you. Hey, so I want to tell you. So listen, um, I, I have some good news, actually. So I've been asked to lead worship at my church, which nice. is a huge, huge thing. Um, I was really, I think I told you, I've really struggled with my role in church. I feel like I've been called into ministry. I feel like I've been called to preach. I have a love and desire to take care of the people of God, specifically the local body. And I'm very, I feel very passionate about Lee. Uh, very passionately about it right now. Um, 
and it's it's only grown stronger. And so I talked to we have this Discord group now, guys. If you're not in the Discord group, you need to be. We have this Discord group, and I was talking to Reform Pastor Joe. And I was just kind of having a conversation, telling him just some of my insecurities and stuff like that. And he said to me, he, he said, you know what you need to do? Go to your pastor and and find out who does e- the evangelism and outreach at your church and get involved doing that. And I said, you know what, man, I'm going to do that. That sounds like a thing that I should do. So I went and I talked to on Sunday. I talked to the pastor. I said, hey, Tom, uh, what you know, who's in charge? Who's leading up in an out- outreach ministry, evangelism ministry here? He says, nobody. I said, I want to do it. And he said, bring me a plan. So I'm, I'm doing it, man. I I really, I'm motivated. Uh, I'm come down to Texas. I got to, well, look, if things get worse, dude, Texas, if Texas secedes, I may very well come down to Texas. I'm not even kidding. Like, it's funny to think that, but I probably will. I I probably will. I would take my wife kicking and screaming and just tell her to like, Hey, look, the grass is greener in the on the tech side. <laughs> let's let's go. The blue bells are bluer on the Texas did, side. Did you did you know Jesus was a Texan? Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, coming yeah. back to Corpus Christi. It's called the Body of Christ. <laughs> Bethlehem is Bethlehem, Texas. Austin. <laughs> All <laughs> Texas is Bethlehem and Aramaic. Sure. Um, <laughs> Surely nothing comes, nothing good can come out of Nazareth, Texas. <laughs> there better be a Nazareth, Texas, dude. There probably is. Josh is there, and I'm gonna look it up right now while we're while we're talking. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to bring up Deuteronomy 22:21. There is a Nazareth, right. Texas, bro. There is a Nazareth, no. Texas. Oh my gosh, bro! <laughs> I love it. It is. It's in, in Castro County, Texas. Population was 311. In the Back, 2010 census, y'all know Jesus was out there riding in the rodeo, fighting twisters. All right, That's Jesus, <laughs> Jesus saved the entire city of Corpus Christi with with a whip. All right, and he rode his haunt. He rode his horse straight no, in. Stop it! Stop it! You are it's gonna. You are it's in the of- Bible. Read it. It's in the Bible. You got to read. It's symbolism. Oh, is what it is. <laughs> I'm dying, dude. Some serious Christians in Texas. <laughs> Jesus right, was so, a Texan, dude. That might need to be one of your new TikToks that you do. Don't you know that Jesus, he came out of Nazareth? Dude, you've got a whole thing now. The, you can do your life from Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah, from Nazareth, Texas. He came down there. They couldn't find a day's in to stay in. They had to stay back in the stall. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's cleaner in that stall because these are Texas stalls. Oh, my goodness. They're bigger, the bigger stalls. They're bigger stalls, they're bigger, that's for sure. Everything bigger down in Texas. That's why we got the Lord to come on down. We took him over from uh, from Jerusalem, you know. Garden of Eden was in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I believe it was in Lubbock. The Lubbock, Tigers Texas. and Euphrates is the Rio Grande. Yeah. All right. They all called right, it so. the Tigers, but it's really the Tiger, the Texas Tiger. <laughs> all right. Deuteronomy 22, 21. If, however, this accusation is true and no proof of the young woman's virginity can be found, shall be brought to the door of her father's house, and there the men of her city will stone her to death. Mm. She has committed an outrage in Israel by being promiscuous in her father's house. So you must purge the evil from among you. If a man is found lying with 
another another man's wife, both the man who slept with her and the woman must die. He must purge the evil from Israel. Um, I've had atheists and skeptics use this verse as this is pretty severe for the you know God to require such a thing. Yeah. Right. Um and, and just so the for context and the backstory here is if a man finds out that the, his betrothed is not actually a virgin, mm. right, brings her to her father's house, um, and there the men of her city will stone her to death, and potentially her own father would stone her to death for her her, her actions, right? And this kind of doesn't resonate with us in our culture, how we understand uh what what's really going on here now uh, it's very much actually what's going on here right it's very very direct um but it what it's showing us is the severity of purity in the eyes of god right mm-hmm. how important that is right and it also shows that the first person they confront is her father yeah right and the role that he played in protecting her or or guiding her to maintain that purity, right? right? And we see that he is the first person that is confronted, right? So say I actually one time I was shooting a BB gun. I shot out a guy's back of his truck window. Right? Okay. My dad came, you know, told the guy, my son did it. And then my God, my, my, my God, my dad had to actually bear the responsibility of paying the hundred and whatever dollars to fix this dude's truck window, right? Because his son did something, right? So yeah. they're bringing her to her father's house. He is confronted about it. And eventually this father has to make a decision to purge the evil from the land of Israel, right? It shows, it's making this declaration that your role and the severity of what you do as a father when raising your children is so important because it can lead to something like this to occur. And so if you were to take your role as the father seriously and the consequences and how severe they are, that, and if you have that on the, the back of your mind that I don't want this to ever be for my child, right? I'm going to do whatever it takes to raise her in the ways of the Lord and move her and guide her into a, a godly lifestyle and a, a godly worldview. Um, and then it uh, obviously, as you, as I read, it continues on with a man lies with another man's wife. Uh, both the man and the woman will be uh, what must die for adultery. Right? Yeah. So it shows adultery is not this simple issue, um, but it also shows that you as a father must do everything in your power to properly guide and teach and lead your kids so that this kind of judgment doesn't come upon your household. For you and your household should serve the Lord, and you need to protect your daughters from from uh, men who are are preying on them. And you need yeah, to absolutely. raise up you need to raise up men who don't prey on women, but protect that's them. right, right. Uh, that's right. Another one. And so, so when we, so culturally, we don't get this. This is this is this is barbaric to us. But we look at the the real the the depth of the message behind it that. This father could have prevented this action. Right? These fathers in Israel could have prevented this from happening by pr- properly conducting their role. And if they didn't, potentially the child's blood is on their hand, at yeah. their own hand, at their own stone. 
Well, and I think fathers need to be uh, specifically today need to really take that into consideration that God is going to deal with them for the behavior, for the, the, uh, the faith of the kids. Like, um, we are going to be held accountable and responsible as dads for, and for our wives too. Like, that's a big, that's a big responsibility. Like, you mean if my wife isn't faithfully serving the Lord, that, that, that the Lord is going to deal with me? Yeah. Mm. Guess what, dude? That's the way it is. And, and here's the, but here's the key. The key is that when you as a man stand up and you put Jesus first and you pour, you allow the word to pour over you, you wash your wife with the regenerative word of the, of the Lord with scripture. Mm -hmm. You, you spend time doing that. Look, I'm, I'm not afraid to speak for women because I think my wife represents uh, a lot of women in, in especially godly women. There is nothing like that. And ladies feel free to comment. There's nothing like it when you're, when they're, when your husband is leading your family in truth and in righteousness, when he's bringing the word, when he's uh, encouraging learning, tell me, tell me I'm wrong, that you are not more attracted to him. You are not more, you, you are not more willing to, uh, to submit to a man that's bringing the word because you know that he's holding himself accountable to the Lord himself. That's right. Yeah. And I know, I know it's not just me. It's not me as a man saying, Hey guys, just do this. So your wife will love you more. It has nothing to do with it. Lead your wives. They know that your intentions are good. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, come on um, in. We're talking about father fatherhood and and being a dad and the biblical examples of that. Uh, you know, it's very important. Father's Day was just yesterday, uh, and uh, it's a good it's good to remind dads. Hey, look, man, you have a responsibility. We're both dads. It's in our podcast name, <laughs> the Doctrines of Rad, the Reformed American Dads. Yeah, earlier Andrew does apologize. Said yeah, reformed dads <laughs> or doctrines of dad. <laughs> doctrines of dad. That's right. The deformed uh, American dads. <laughs> uh, so I want to bring up a, another uh, verse from the Old Testament. That yes, kind please. It's uh, confusing. So Numbers 33, 30, verse three. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears on an oath to obligate himself by a pledge he must not break his word he must do everything he has promised right Mm -hmm. so if a man makes a vow he must do everything he has promised to the lord so if you make a vow to the lord you must do it and if a woman in her father's house during her youth makes a vow to the lord or obligates herself by a pledge and her father hears about her vow or pledge but says nothing to her then all the vows of the pledge by which she is bound herself shall stand. Um, one second, let me it stopped on me. I pulled the whole thing. No, no problem. So, so all the vows will stand. Mm-mm-mm. Come on, come on, internet. All of her Silence vows shall stand, but <laughs> but if her <laughs> all right, so if her if she makes a pledge and her father hears about it and says nothing and allows it to continue, then those pledges will stand. But if her father opposes her on the day of uh, on the day that he hears of it, no vow of hers, no pledge by which she has bound herself shall stand, and the Lord will forgive her 
because her father opposed her. Right. Wow. So we see that we see that she is making a pledge to the Lord, not another man, not the community, right? Not the village, not not the people, not other women. She's making a vow to the Lord. And if her father disagrees with her vow, he can overturn it and the wow. Lord will forgive her. He, The Lord will submit that authority down to the father to make that decision. Because hopefully in the context that this child, and it says in her youth, she's making a vow that she cannot keep. And mm. it's the father's role to protect her and keep her from making a foolish vow and being held to something that she cannot do. Wow. Right. So, so singleness or a vow of celibacy, but she, she's too young to even know that she has that kind of blessing over her life. Right. Yeah. Or I, I, we see this all the time in churches where, you know, people, they're, they're PKs and children that have been raised in the church. Like, Oh, I'm going to serve you in Africa. And then, you know, their life turns that they end up in Asia. And then they have right. this guilt of serving the Lord specifically in Africa based on a vow they did when they were younger. Ah, right? yeah. Right. So you're, you as a father have, God has, uh, um, oh, what's the word? Um, well, it's almost dele- like he, he's, he's delegated. Yeah. No, exactly. I was just about to say he has delegated the authority down to the mm. father to help guide and make wow. a proper decision. Right. So the father of a delegated authority so exists. Yeah, absolutely. Man, so that's important, right? I stole this from Vody. I stole it from him. Vody, if you ever see this, which you won't, I stole this from you. Thank you. <laughs> we love you, though. Um, yeah, it's so important um, that like God has given fathers a specific role, privileges, honors, duties, responsibilities. Um, and when we fail that, we fail the next generation, right? We fail our wives, we fail our grandkids, we fail our legacy. We have to, have, have to respond to the, the, the role and the authority that God has given us within, within that wow. role um, and the responsibility specifically, right? Um, Jess is wanting to know the scripture that you were just quoting from. Uh, number and- number three. Numbers 30, starting in verse 3, ending in verse 5. That's interesting. Numbers also is the scripture that a lot of people will quote on the uh, the beginning of life be, being in the breath. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. But it's, a, it's, it's kind of funny because it, that is actually dealing with adultery. It's dealing with, you know, a, a test for adultery. Uh, to see and basically the curse of if the woman was found in adultery is God dries up her womb, hmm. like just instantly did it. And it's like, that's uh thank God we don't live like, thank God he has fulfilled those laws in Jesus. Thank God that we were born for such a time as this and not have to be going through the things that the people had to our pre-court, you know, our forerunners before us. Uh, also, I want to, uh, Take a moment. Foster dog mom on TikTok is saying that she, uh, her dad had just passed away last Sunday. So I'm very sorry to hear that, sister. Um, you know, I hope I pray that God would be with you, um, that you would feel comforted, that you would have some peace. Uh, it's very difficult whenever you lose somebody, especially somebody that you love. Uh, I do hope that uh, he knew the Lord and that uh, you'll see him again. Uh, but know that if he did know the Lord, 
have the utmost of confidence that you will absolutely see him again. And isn't yeah. that an amazing thing to have such, we, you can't have confidence in that. I, I, you can't know. I've never met another person that is not a Christian that, that does not have confidence that they will reunite once again with their loved ones that knew the Lord. Also, there's nothing like it in all, uh, in all of religion uh, than the peace that a Christian has in knowing that they live eternally. So. Uh, and that's, and that's so, so fresh. Please surround yourself with people who love yes. you. And yeah, and just think of the think of the good times, right? Honor their memory. Um, Absolutely. Johnny was trying to say the same thing. His his uh, father, he sent me a text. Uh, his father was mugged. Um, Jeez, dude. He What's asked going the, on? Uh, they hit him in the head with a hatchet. What? Um, um, he's doing better. Uh, he sent me a picture of him. He's beaten up pretty badly. His uh, dad? Mm-hmm. What is wrong yeah. with people, man? Yeah. So just if y'all could pay for, p- pray for Johnny's father um, and, and pray for, do we have a uh, foster dog mom? Um, do we have your name? Yeah. Here, pray, let me uh, pray for Becky as, Becky as well, guys. Becky, I'm writing it down right now in my book here. Be- Becky and Johnny for his dad. And by the way, foster dog mom, I am also in Missouri. If there is anything that I can do, I don't know how close you are to Kansas City area, uh, but if there is a way that I can provide, if you're close enough to provide a meal for you, uh, provide something for, I don't know if you have kids or, or what, but just to get their mind off of what's going on, please reach out. Uh, let me know. I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think outreach is very you know important. And I, I know that God calls us to take care of each other, especially those that are, are mourning and grieving. So, um, yeah, wow. Well, that's uh, – God be with you and your family. Um, so, yeah, so with uh, – you know, I had a stepdad. I know we're, we're still we're kind of revert back to what we were talking about before. Oh, you're in Independence? I'm in Blue Springs, sister. Uh, let me – I'm going to send you – hang on one second here. I'm going to send you a friend request. Uh, I'm going to give you a follow and we can talk uh, after this. If you need anything, I am more than happy. Hey, the Lord, the Lord does not make mistakes. There are no accidents. If there is something that you need, uh, I am in your area. I will absolutely do whatever I can to uh, help you out. So I sent you a a follow and we'll talk after this. Also, if anybody in here wants to uh, message us for any reason at all, doctrinesofrad at gmail.com is our email. Logan, every email that I get, that is addressed to Logan and I, we, we both see, so there's no secrets, you know, it's not a, it's not, you know, Drew's not being a creep. Uh, I promise you, I try to be transparent, man. I don't want to get caught up in anything, man. I try to live above reproach. <laughs> I Look, I respect, Mike Pence. The board. I respect Mike Pence, man. I wouldn't be in a car with another woman either. Uh, absolutely right. not. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah, we'll definitely, uh, talk there. So, uh, anyway, my dad, I, my stepfather, so I had a, a stepdad, his name was Bill. Uh, my mom, uh, after my parents divorced when I was eight, uh, about a year or two later, my mom, uh, married Bill. Now Bill and my mom had known each other, uh, from in her past. She actually was a, a dental assistant. My, my stepdad was a dentist, uh, and she worked for Bill years and years ago. And, um, Bill was every bit of a man. I mean, look, talk about masculinity uh, at its peak. I mean, he was in the army. He did, he was a Vietnam vet. So he actually deployed to Vietnam. He did a, a stint over there 
Uh, he was a combat nice. vet, his brother also. Uh, and then he came back and he went to dental school and uh, became a dentist. And uh, so during the years of my life from around eight to about 14 years old, uh, uh, maybe 13 years old, uh, he was my father. Now he passed away from a massive heart attack, uh, coronary heart attack. He was 48 years old. Um, wow. I was I was 13, I think. And it was really, it was one of the hardest things because he was like a dad to me. I mean, he was the guy that I thought was going to be like, I was going to learn from him. You know, in fact, the reason that I joined the Navy ultimately was because Bill was in the Army. Um, I I wanted to go into, the, I initially was going to go into the Army and my mom didn't want me to because it reminded her too much of her husband. So she ended up calling the Navy recruiter, which ended up being why I joined the Navy. So um, he uh, he was a great example. And, you know, I, I kind of wonder, I look back now, now he didn't openly talk much about Jesus, but I, I saw him reading the Bible quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, just in the three or four years that, that I got to know him, um, I'm, I'm really hopeful, man. I, I, if I get to see the, to see Bill when I die, that'll be a, a really huge, significant thing for me. So I'm getting emotional. I'm not gonna get emotional. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, he, it was really, it was what screwed me up the most was after Bill had passed, uh, my dad didn't really know how to like what to do with me, you know, like, what do you do when, when your kid's stepfather passes? And my, my dad, of course, you know, doesn't know the significance of, of what he, what Bill was to me. Uh, and I think it was very frustrating for my dad that I was so emotional over the death of a man that was not him mm. that was taking his place. Oh, uh, I man. think that, I think that that built up some hardness in his heart, you know, uh, but it really didn't allow me to heal. Now, if my father in hindsight's 2020, I'm thankful for all my experiences, but I wish that my father looking back, uh, would have taken me under his wing and comforted me in mm. the midst of my, uh, my sadness, because it was very, very hard. And I think that left a really massive hole. And I blamed my dad for many, many, many years as a young adult. Um, and it messed me up. Uh, but I do have a better father. I have a better father in the Amen. Lord. And, uh, you know, uh, we know that he is. The Bible not only calls him our father, but Paul calls him Abba, father. And uh, the the uh, the New Testament is full of father-like attributes, like close father attributes uh, of giving gifts. You know, a, a human, a created father would give good gifts. How much better gifts can, a, can your heavenly your father heavenly give? Father, yeah. You know, and Absolutely. your heavenly father. Good. Look, it's important. Like this role, this role is important. Just like to ask the question, what is a woman? It, it teeters a very dangerous line because eventually people will say, well, what is a father? And mm. then we well, then we start to completely dismantle and destroy the roles that God has given us in our lives. Mm. And how can we know a father God when we start to destroy what a father is yeah. uh, in the in the world today? It's very scary. I have a friend and I hope she one day comes across my, the, this podcast, mm -hmm. but because of her disconnect with her father, she can't trust God. My mom. Right? That's my mom. Yeah. She, she knows yep. God to be this heavenly father. Yep. Um, and she imprints a lot of the negative emotions and actions of her earthly father onto her heavenly father. 
Mm. Um, and so she, she doesn't like God. She doesn't yes. want God. She doesn't want Christ. She doesn't want this, this worldview um, because of what he has done um, and how hurt she is from that. And there's, there's a lot of healing that needs to occur there. Um, yep. And it's, you know, and it's sad too. The Catholic church has done a lot of damage when it comes to fatherhood too, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of misunderstanding in when they start to call another man father in your religion, when you begin to call a, a priest or a pastor father, like there, there's, there's some scary stuff. I think that like words are important and, and words that are attached to specific roles, you know, like the word God could mean anything, but when we say it, we know what we're talking about mm-hmm. when, you know, the word father, it could be translated in any other thing, but we know what father is. We know what it is because it is uh, it is ingrained in us to understand it. it. The role of a father is ingrained because it's been created by God and because God made us in, in his image and fathers and mothers are created in God's image. The same the, the both attributes between a mother and father are exactly what make up God's attributes. Mm. I mean, in a very minimal scale, but it's a very important piece that kids get the nurturing you know, the, the nurturing side of, of God, but also get that, that harder side, that more instructive side, that more example setting side. Like there's so much that's in it, man. It just, it's very scary to today to play word games with some of this stuff. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. No, absolutely. Um, notice how like the attack on the nuclear family and the attack on, um, I guess our children, first occurs when we take fathers out of the picture, right? Like if the the rise of statism, right? So, Hey, you don't need a man. The state will provide for you. Mm. You know, if you, if you, if you come and let us provide all these things and you just don't have a man in the home, right. Then we're going to give you all the benefits you need. You don't have to worry about those nasty little men over there. Okay. You don't have to have somebody telling you what to do and you can go do whatever you want. As long as you don't have a man in the home, we're going to provide for you and your children. Instead of a man stepping up and taking on that role and them working together yeah. in in a in a biblical worldview, right? That nuclear family. You postmodernism family. Yeah. Is destroyed. <laughs> and the postmodern feminism, new wave feminism is absolutely destroying families. hundred percent. It is it is every bit a result and a symptom of the curse that God put on women after the fall. It we, just is. When we when we don't accept the idea that there's roles and people play them based on like our our I think there's it's inherent in us that we have specific roles, right? Yes. I I can never be the nurturer that my wife is. I've watched her like handle my daughter like in a certain like meltdown and the way she goes about it, I'm just like I could not have done that the way you did. I I yep. need you. I, yes. I I don't want you to go anywhere. Like I need you here with me. Well, if I don't know how I could ever be, I, I don't I don't know how I could ever be a single parent. It's so important to have that role. Like I don't know, like the women that had to do it in the last, you know, 20, 30 years that, you know, with this boom of independent women and men leaving their positions, going off to do their own things, abandoning their families. I mean, God has given grace to the mothers that had to raise children. Absolutely. But don't think that that wasn't a judgment. And don't think that we're not currently living in that judgment, too. The mm. indictment is that the fathers have left. And we That's are right. now living in a, in a world where we don't know what a male or a female is. 
we can't define sexuality or gender. And that's, yeah, it kind of is coincidental that it was only about 30 something years ago that fathers started a max exodus out of their families' lives. So uh, we are living in the judgment of that. And it is time. If this judgment doesn't turn you around, men of God listening, listen, if this, if that doesn't turn you around, stop complaining. Don't even, don't even care. Don't talk about Jesus anymore. Just go, just go be selfish and, and don't, don't stand up. Don't try to save anything. Like if you aren't, and here's what drives me with uh, crazy about Christian nationalism. I'm sorry. I don't mean a tangent, but nah, we, go have, for it. we have churches that care more about going to uh, meetings and groups where they're uh, uh, meeting to um, speak out in conservative political ways. We have churches that are devoting so much of their time and attention on doing that. And they are not telling men how to be fathers. They are not uh, focusing on the importance. Like you, we can have a great state. We can have a, the best president in the world, the most conservative president that you've ever seen in the world, and still have, and pardon my friends, shitty fathers, and we'll still be under judgment. Guys, the problem is not the, the leader of our country. The problem is that we have taken a second fiddle to sin. We have taken a, we've taken a backseat to sin. Sin is driving every aspect of our lives, and Christian men, you better stop. Like you better get right. Like the pornography, it's got to stop. You, you got, it's got to stop. You are effeminizing yourself. You are a weak beta male. If you are continually giving into sin, stop sinning, stop looking at pornography, stop lusting. There is no room for that. You are not going to be satisfied. You know that, you know that you will not be satisfied in your lust. It will never fulfill it. So why do you continue? Amen. Just stop it. Man up, like literally man up. I'm so tired of men with their excuses. Now, look, we all fail. We make mistakes. We mess up. I struggled with porn my entire life. It's been a solid probably about a year that I've looked at it. And and it's every day it gets a little bit easier, but I'll probably struggle with it again. But you know what? Men need to qu- just stop, man. <laughs> like it's, how many times do we beat ourselves up when we when we fall into sin? We're like, oh, I, yeah. I know better. I should have done better. Yeah, you should have. Stop yeah. using the world as an excuse. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. There's lust everywhere. Well, then turn everything off. If lust is everywhere, cut out your eyes. You know, if your left eye sins against you, cut it out. Rip it out. Stop sinning. Like Jesus cares about sin that much. So stop it. <laughs> Sorry. Amen. I'm better now. I'm better now. Preach, preacher. Come on now. Preach. Come on. She turned me into a newt. I got better. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that man. was good. You just went on a on a I complete know, tangent there. I'm sorry. Amen. I get, you know, I get I just get uh I get passionate, dude. I, I really uh and I'm speaking, you know, and let me just say this. I'm preaching to myself. Okay. Amen. Uh if no one else hears that, that's fine. I'm preaching to myself. Um, that is all about me. I need to man up. I am I am a weak beta cuck of a man sometimes. Uh, and when it, when I say man up, I truly mean to put my hope and trust in the Lord and to live by his example and give him glory in everything. That is the only, that's our calling guys to glorify God and worship him forever or, and enjoy him forever. Westminster, uh, shorter catechism. Number one, <laughs> no, number one, <laughs> number one, number it. one. Yeah, man, um, it is a, it is a judgment on our nation. Um, so Isaiah three. Um, there's a specific line in, in uh, Isaiah explaining this judgment. 
Jerusalem will stumble, fallen. <sighs> wow. All right, so it says in verse four, and I will make boys their princes. Right, this is God doing this. And I will make boys their princes, and infants shall rule over them, and the people will oppress one another. Everyone his fellow, and everyone his neighbor. The youth will be insolent to the elder, and the despised to the honorable. For a man will take hold of his brother in this house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader. And so uh, this idea of making somebody a leader that doesn't need to be, that is a clear description of America today. Yeah, absolutely. That same that our, our it's children, the natural result of sin. It's the natural oppress, result of giving in to sin. Yep. We oppress one another, or we we create more problems. Right? Our our children are telling us how to feel instead of us leading them in righteousness. Bro, right? Yeah. Our kids are telling us what gender they are, dude. Like, what is hat? What worlds? When did I wake up in a different reality? I don't understand. Oh. We're under judgment, but it's not uh, fem- it's not feminism's fault. No, of course. Fe- feminism is a response or is a um, uh, what's the word? Uh, whenever you have like a symptom, feminism is a symptom of what is occurring when men stopped being men, when they started abusing women. Yes, yeah, right? absolutely. The Western world began to do some very abusive things, raping, raping of slaves, raping of their wives, raping of their servants, raping of their, their, of own, their own kids. kids. Yes. Wow. Look at that. Same wave thing, wavelength yep. there. Yep. Right. So men stopped being men, stopped being godly men. And when I say men being men, I'm defining that as, as a godly man, as a biblical man. Yeah. And men stopped doing that, and the world started to rise up against it, and God pronounced judgment. And if America continues this way, if there's not a revival, we will fall. It's one way or the other at this point. A nation divided cannot stand. It has to be. It has to be a revival, or it's going to be complete destruction. Or maybe both. Maybe a little bit of both. So, therefore, you please, if you're listening to this podcast... Take the gospel to everyone you meet. Especially you, Vody Bacham. We know that you're listening. (laughs) He's our next guest. (laughs) Well, you know, I I wouldn't say anything. I just feel like this. Hey. (laughs) I really want to get, there's some certain people I want to get on here from TikTok. Uh, That's kind of what I love about this podcast is it really, it was born out of TikTok. Mm. It was born out of that social media platform. And so what I think that we both really try to do is we try to promote and encourage other TikTokers that are doing what we're doing. Mm. So really, the podcast is about this specific social media platform. It's about building a community and inspiring people to rise up, to be to just live their lives openly out loud for Jesus. Don't be afraid. Stop. uh, Stop being scared to speak out. Stop being scared to, to tell the truth and to learn. And, you know, stop listening to all the other crazies out there, man. There are so many crazy people on TikTok, bro. Like there are great, like there are Christians out there on TikTok. No, I'm talking about like, like bad crazy, not, not Logan crazy. Like Jesus was blonde haired, blue eyed. No, not Logan crazy. I'm talking like Torah observant crazy, like anti-Calvinist crazy, like, like independent fundamental Baptist crazy. Like the guys that are just 
calling for the death of the gays. Like it's insane. Did you TikTok see that video? Nuts. There was a beards. Where it was like, beards. Did you see <laughs> that's that? not it ain't apostolic. <laughs> What? <laughs> You're not gonna get Holy Ghost oil. You right out here looking like a world. <laughs> oh my lord, Jesus! Please, uh, come I, back. Man, I took that guy's clip and I been, I just replayed it over and over. I just use it for. You're not. You ain't gonna get a new roof from the insurance if you got a beard. Like I, I Bro, work all how time. many people in that audience had beards and felt so crappy after that sermon? Probably none. Like Probably you don't think none. so? Yeah, they I, I probably stopped point, the beards from coming in. Oh, I think no. I think that they've been so indoctrinated at that point. That wasn't the first time that they're this this legalism of beards. Oh my lord, dude! What is that? What were you gonna say? You saw a TikTok? What did you see? I want to hear what you saw. Oh, um, uh, people that I I considered friends, and I still do, and I would love to uh, continue conversation with them. Um, but they basically did a live one evening where you know Calvinist is. Uh, as a false gospel. Um, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I had that and, same experience with a guy. And I'm just like, uh, look, here, here's the thing, guys. Um, all, all we, here, here's what separates us. I, me and Drew, in our, in our salvation story, right, we give God all the glory. We say he did it, not us. The Arminian says, I played a role in it. That, that, that's really the separation there. Yep. Right, that regeneration precedes faith, or faith precedes regeneration. Right, if you played a role in your salvation, you get some of the glory because you chose him back. I'm saying that I was dead in my sin and I could not choose him unless he first called me. Um, so hi, Crystal. It's not a like, I actually, I, I and this is well, this is a conversation for later, but I, I got to talk to a pastor a couple of days ago. Um, he's Armenian, and we just sat there and had a conversation. It was good, it was wonderful. He did, he did use a, an analogy. He was like, you know, I, I try to see it, my salvation is the same way that you look at your child, right? That, uh, like, I, I love my child and I want my child to love me back freely, not that I force her to love me, but right. that she just loves me, right? And I was like, yeah, that, no, I, I agree. That's a good. A way to put that analogy but on my in my perspective my child's dead and i call her to life yeah and she loves me then that's the difference i was depraved utterly depraved Amen. um i had to make a video actually uh i think it was today might have been yesterday but um i don't care if you don't like look i want i want right? to know i don't care if you are not a calvinist like I don't. I generally I don't care if you're KJV only. I don't care if you're a Torah keeper. I don't care what you choose to do. But I'm not going to be so bold as to make the statement that Arminians aren't saved that they believe a different gospel. Guys, they we don't. No Calvinist I know believes any different gospel ever. Stop saying that. It just says that you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we, be we believe the same gospel that everybody else does, that Jesus was born in Austin, Texas. That's white, right. Blonde. Blue. That's, that's the Calvinist gospel. <laughs> born in Austin, Texas. Born in Nazareth, Texas. <laughs> Nazareth. Oh, man. Persecuted by the state in Houston. <laughs> I'm glad y'all laugh at that. We are not. <laughs> yeah, we are not. Absolutely. But by, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's by the just, Oklahomans, uh, Oklahomans by the, came down persecuted by the, the Cal, <laughs> the Chaldean Oklahoman, uh, Ur of Chaldee. Um, it sounds like a Texas place. Chaldee, Chaldee, 
Where, why wouldn't it be Caldy? Anyway, I got, I get, it sounds better when I say that with an accent. Um, but yeah, it truly, it, it's, it's just like, I was having this, this conversation. It might've been with Josh, uh, the other day. Um, it may not have been Josh though. It may have been Joe either way. Uh, one of those brothers were, and I were talking and, um, he kind of confirmed in me how I've been feeling like, look, I don't really like, I don't even have an interest to go speak out against these, uh, most of these false teachers that are new. And on like, I'm learning about new false teachers mm-hmm. I, that I had never even heard of. Like there's right. some, there's some black guy that was doing, I saw a video today. I forget what his name is. Michael he was Todd? doing a video. What is it? Michael Todd. Maybe he was talking about how the, the worst sin is gluttony. Did you see that video going around mm. Christian TikTok? Oh no. boy, it was it was fun. Um, Michael Todd may be the guy, but I I don't know. Like I, that's how little was I was. It care. him surrounded by like stuff and people. There was a snack food stuff. one. There was yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, it's the Michael same Todd. guy. Okay, Michael yeah, it's Todd, the same yeah. guy. So uh, look, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> like I'm so fo- I just want to know Jesus more. Amen. I don't have time. I don't have time to put up with your nonsense. Look. Jesus, the truth will always come out. If I'm preaching the truth, if I'm just, if I'm showing the gospel, preaching the truth and exalting Jesus Christ, that is what is going to draw people. God uses the gospel to draw people to, to him. Okay. That's it. So uh, me making a video to call out Joel Osteen anymore is a tiring experience. It's not fun. Uh, It doesn't, it, it, it causes far more division. Uh, and it's exhausting. And I realized that that is not like, why am I putting my effort and energy into that instead of sharing the gospel? I would much rather do that, uh, than the other. Now there are people that are far better suited for calling out false preachers and heretics and absolutely support those ministries. The, the, those that do it with grace and peace calling out false teachers, but that's just not where I'm at with the Lord right now. Like I'm in, like, I just want to know Jesus more. I, 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 dude, I'm telling you, since I've started this Bible reading, it's only been a couple weeks. I, pardon my, I'm using this word purposefully. Okay. I'm not using it as derogatory. I feel retarded when I'm reading the Bible. I feel slow and, and, and I'm incapable when the more that I read this, the more I feel like I am not, I am, I am, I have a mental deficiency. I am Mm. unable to know and, and grasp the things of God. And the more that I get into it, the more I feel completely, utterly debased. I have, dude, I, (laughs) like, I don't know anything. I know Mm. nothing. I know so little, dude. And I'm, it's so, it it can be really discouraging. Has it, would it not be for other men of God that have come alongside of me and said, that is the natural progression. The closer, the deeper you get into the word, the more, you know, you don't know. Yeah. The more you realize you don't know, and that's where I'm at. And so I just want to know because that'll help me to glorify my father. I love, like, he just, you just, you've preached three times. I, I'm just, you want to do a sermon? <laughs> I do want to do a sermon, but I want my, I want my head pastor to ask me to do that for my life. <laughs> just, uh, bless, yeah. bless um, <laughs> Hey, hey, Cinco de Mayo. Oh, man. That's all Spanish, right? It's all Spanish. Uh, Do you mind closing us out with the gospel? Yeah, man, absolutely. Let's do it. Guys, we are separated from God by our sin. Hmm. 
All right. We are born into this world and we, we are separated. Uh, our sin separates us. The nature that we have been born into, it separates us from God. But there is hope because nothing that we can do can bring us to God except for what God does for us. And Jesus Christ on the cross, knowing that we were incapable of, of following the law, we were incapable of bridging the gap that separates us between God with the sin that we have in our lives. Jesus Christ took upon sin for us on the cross that we may be set free and forgiven of the sin, that we can have a new nature and a new life. Mm. We, you, we were all born dead. We can be made alive in Christ. And if that resonates with you, if that speaks to you, if that sounds true and you don't understand it, why? So understand why, then lean in on Jesus and he will prove himself to you. He will absolutely prove himself faithful. If that calls to you, if that makes sense and it sounds truthful, lean in on Jesus because God may be calling you and don't miss it. Don't miss your opportunity. So that's, that's my version. <laughs> that's the Calvinistic version of the gospel. If you're elect. Listen. Yes. If you're elect, listen, everybody else. No, but the thing yeah. is, we don't know who the elect are, guys. That's why the power of the, uh, of God unto salvation is the gospel. I do. I well, know we do know fruit. once we're elected. <laughs> I know. But we don't know before. <laughs> well, that's true. All right, guys, we love you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll get we'll get a guest on probably next week. I think. Logan? Yeah. I want. Yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice stab. Nice stab. I'm just asking. You <laughs> wanted to be the guy. Nice. Specifically pineapples. Specifically pineapples. their fruit. That's how you know. That's they... right. You're definitely heresy. <laughs> if, if you like Hawaiian pizza. You... Hey, I've converted a lot of people. Let me tell you about the pizzalations. Uh, Pizzalations two five. It's the, it's the yeah. sixth gospel. Yeah, put your put your hope and trust into the into the hut. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we love you. We're gonna close this out. Uh, email us doctrines of rad. Find us on Spotify and on the YouTubes, uh, and we'll see you guys on the Tiki Takis. God bless you.